0: Bridge toll, California customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's took good engagement? How long give? before a wedding should I send out save the How many games the dates? Are in the first series? Use of the IMAP. NBA to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts
1: from where to find We were four
0: best years out Welcome to the. Welcome Voices of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about changes in SEO data sources. Joining us is Tom Wells, who is an SEO and content marketing consultant at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data-driven decisions. In addition to being our guest today, Searchmetrics is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search Podcast. And today, Tom and I are going to discuss the state of web performance in 2021. All right, on with my conversation with Tom Wells, an SEO and content marketing consultant at Search Metrics. Tom, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast.
1: Thanks for having me on, Ben. I'm really excited to chat to you today. It's going to be fun.
0: Excited to have you as a guest on the show. You know, we've been chatting offline for I don't know, 10, 20 minutes already. Uh, I'm excited to chat with you not only about what's happening a little bit at Search Metrics, what's happening in the the broader web, but also a little bit about some data sources. Uh, Let's start off sort of at a macro level here. You know, you work at Search Metrics, which is a great data source that takes search data and allows businesses to use it in a couple different capacities, not only for search engine optimization, but also strategic research. Obviously, it's a wonderful data source. There is a lot of search data that's out there. When you're at Search Metrics and you're helping brands figure out not only their SEO needs, but also how to use search data, how do you think about sort of the overall state of web performance? What are some of the big trends that you see through the use of search data?
1: So one of the interesting, really, really interesting things to note is that the state of online web performance is terrible. Like it's awful and it's really bad and it's not improving. And I'm not like being a deliberate harbinger of doom, but it is based on the data. So if we look at loading speed, for example, the metric that I'm quoting is LCP, which is a proxy for loading speed, largest content for paint for the SEOs out there. It's actually flatlined from 2017 to now. Now, why is that interesting? That's interesting because every year there are new technology companies, new plugins, new software. So technology is technically improving over time, but web performance isn't. So that's my biggest question in my day to day is is why isn't this performance improving and how can I make differences for companies to make sure that it does?
0: It's interesting, you know. I would think that a processing power increases over time, so web speeds would increase, and we've also seen a fundamental shift from you know over the last decade or so from being reliant on desktops to mobile phones. You know, we had the rise of 5G happening, starting to roll out within the last year. Obviously, everything's a little slower because of COVID. Isn't 5G just supposed to make web pages load instantaneously through mobile? Isn't that supposed to help our, you know, load speeds and LCP scores?
1: It is, but 5G specifically, I mean, that comes into play when we're talking about larger data transfers, right? So if you're downloading a Netflix movie, you know, 5G is going to do that a lot quicker than 4G. But if we're talking about loading a four megabyte web page, the difference in loading time is actually going to be negligible. So really what we have to talk about is the underlying technology of the web page itself, be that a web builder like Wix or WordPress or Squarespace or the actual technology that, you know, it renders from the server. That's the focal point because no matter the speed of the internet connection, if the underlying web technology is shoddy, it's going to be a slow load time.
0: So what I'm hearing from you, and I'll, I'll use a, a sports metaphor here, 5G is helping websites be fast, but not quick. As in the top speed, once you get going, is very fast, but your ability to sort of hit the gas hasn't really changed. And so we're seeing the, the load times to get started not improving, but essentially the top end speed. Maybe that's a car metaphor, not a sports metaphor. But moral of the story, quick, not fast seems to be the trend with 5G
1: true and you're also relying on 5g is basically not optimizing for any of your other users right you know the, the logic of web optimization is that any user regardless of desktop, mobile or tablet and regardless of the connection speed should be able to access your your service or your product quickly and efficiently which is why if you look at things like web audits like PageSpeed or lighthouse, when you go on the mobile test that they offer by default they actually throttle down the speed to simulate a slow mobile collection because even if you have access to a 5g you know cell tower if you're traveling through the subway or on a bus or the connection's patchy you have to prepare the web page for the worst kind of connection for it to be able to succeed in every every situation
0: so the trend is that web page performance has been static for a few years why is that the case
1: multiple reasons i mean obviously it's a very very complex question but i've spent weeks and months and many, many hours of analysis looking at it, but it really comes back to the underlying technology and the way we approach building a web page. Maybe even 10, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, we didn't have access to the same technologies that we have access to now. If you wanted to build a website, more than likely you had to code it yourself. You had to learn HTML, CSS, maybe a bit of JavaScript if, we, if you're getting fancy. You know, remember those old school animations that we used to have. But the thing is with those old school web pages is they were lightning quick to load because they weren't loading many resources. Now we're in the era of Squarespace, Wix and drag and drop and they do everything for you. The problem is those web builders are not optimized for speed. So one key reason is the underlying technology that we have become accustomed to using Another reason is that websites and web pages are actually getting heavier over time, heavier in terms of file size. so we can look at look at graphs from twenty eleven to now over the last ten years. Web pages are much larger, which is not really a surprising finding because we use high res banners, we have more advertising, we have more plugins, all of which add to the bulk of a page, and the size of the page really does affect the speed
0: So why are web page sizes increasing? You'd think that there would be Technologies that are optimizing photos and videos to make pages lighter and more nimble. Is that not the case?
1: It is the case, but that's also the problem, right? Those technologies themselves add weight to the page because they're all JavaScript plugins. So the more plugins you have on the page, the heavier it's going to be. Similar to Squarespace and Wix, again, if you think of just loading a simple landing page for a brand, often under the hood in the background... Those pages are dynamically fetching lots of different assets, which each time is a round trip to the server and back. What that means is rather than loading everything statically, it's going to be much, much, much slower. So web builders, plugins, images all add bulk and weight to a page, which ultimately slows it down.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So at the macro level, you know, web performance in 2021, we're seeing web pages are relatively the same size. We're lightening the the media that's there, but we have so many plugins to do that lifting. We end up at sort of a, a net neutral position. Is this the same across all industries? Are you seeing web performance be... Better for social media as opposed to travel, e-commerce? Where are we actually seeing increases or decreases in web performance? Or is everybody basically the same?
1: It does definitely differ by industry. That's for sure. There are some categories that we've looked at that are typically across the board much quicker. So things like encyclopedias, dictionaries, reference sites, a la Wikipedia, tend to be quite quick. Whereas news sites and travel sites, which are very image heavy and ad heavy as well, tend to be quite slow. Nevertheless, the highest performing sites, reference sites, Wikipedia, also B2B sites in general, companies like Salesforce or Oracle to name just a few, tend to be quite good as well because they are quite lean. They kind of get the balance right between marketing and performance. Not all of them and not always. Again, always with a caveat. It depends. The classic SEO phrase, but yeah, no, it does differ by industry, but even the highest performance, you know, the, the guys that get it right, the performance isn't lightning fast. It's not like, oh my God, Wikipedia is so fast. It's it's really kind of passable. And you know, what evidence is there that web performance is actually slow? Well, the evidence is that how Google responds to the online community, right? You know, the big dreaded three words, Core Web Vitals. Core Web Vitals is a direct response to web performance being terrible. I mean, that's the reason that the algorithm rolls out and puts an emphasis on things like page experience, user signals. It's basically saying, look, we're going to start punishing pages that don't perform well. And it's not well as in has to be blazing fast, lightning fast. It's it's basic levels of performance. If we're talking LCP, which is, again, a proxy for, for loading time, we're talking about loading an element in less than 2.5 seconds. That's not quick. But again, so many websites are outside of that outside of that bracket. And again, we can look at causes like the the underlying technology. I recently looked at some data, and only a third third of web pages built with web builders such as Wix, WordPress, and Squarespace had a good LCP, so had a loading time of less than 2.5 seconds, which means two-thirds, 67%, did not, which is very, very surprising because that means that so many millions of users are getting a poor user experience.
0: So help me make some sense of why this matters, right? If the state of web performance is relatively poor or at least static for everyone, that's just table stakes. Why does it matter? And for the SEOs that are listening to this podcast, how can they take advantage of this or what should they do with that information?
1: What it means is that there's never been a more upside and a better time to optimize your page. To break into top rankings, it's not particularly difficult right now you know the average you know let's say top 100 performing websites across the board in the US, their lighthouse performance scores, their core vitals metrics aren't great. Yet it is true to say that Gorg, that Google still um, rewards websites that do have good user performance. Not only does Google reward those websites, but users reward them too. Things like bounce rate, people losing your site, that all correlates with how they interact with your page. So in general, the slower the load time, the less happy a user is going to be with that experience. So if you're an SEO and you're thinking, how do I get buy-in? There are plenty of good reasons why SEO is still super relevant because it will improve user signals, which makes you a more customer-centric, user-centric company. And improving the overall uh, performance of a website is not only good for organic traffic, but it's also good for paid traffic too. Because the quicker your landing pages load, that will actually lower your cost per click in Google Ads over time because Google will reward you with a higher quality score. So there are plenty of benefits that are there to making your page load fast.
0: It's interesting. you know. I'm a little torn here because while I understand that there is an opportunity to outpace the competition, SEO is a zero-sum game. When you do better, someone else does worse. And so while optimizing your page, knowing that the vast majority of websites are suboptimal in terms of performance gives you a leg up. The reason why a lot of those pages are suboptimal in terms of performance is because they're prioritizing different types of content, right? They're putting more elements and more technology into their pages to probably try to please the search engines. Hey, we need this extra graphic. We want this extra fidelity. We need this video to be able to load. So how do you find the balance between finding the right on-page elements and then the right site performance?
1: So you can have all the elements that you need as long as they're well-optimized, right? I mean, if you have a high-res banner that's poorly optimized, Google's not going to look at that site and go, wow, a shiny banner, I'm going to rank you higher. Quite the opposite. It's going to go, wow, that's got a slow load time. Let's throw them down the rankings. So, you know, there is no upside to having excessive media elements on a web page because they all need to be optimized as well. There are plenty of technologies out there that will let you have high-res images as long as they're compressed and, and loaded in the right way. If you're looking at something like a product overview page, you don't really need to load all everything at once. You can lazy load the rest. There are plenty of other methodologies that can kind of get you what you need and as you say, strike, strike that balance. And SEO is just one of many factors that, that influence a page ranking, right? But given two sites that are exactly the same, the one with the better user signals, with the best, better SEO optimization, is simply going to rank higher and give you a strategic advantage for your, for your business.
0: You know, at the end of the day, I think of getting your content elements right being incredibly important. But if you're not doing it in a way that allows your, your pages to load, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage as Tom mentioned, this is the the best time potentially ever to focus on page optimization. Google's made it very clear about what metric they're looking at. God knows we've talked enough about core web vitals over this year and what they mean. They are here, they are live. And it's your chance to break those tiebreakers and actually pick up some ground by focusing on your web performance. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tom Wells, an SEO and content marketing consultant at Searchmetrics. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Tom and I are going to continue our conversation talking about the rise of web builders, CMSs, and plugins. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Tom, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com.